Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. All right, welcome. I am your host, Joshua, and this is another episode of Fusion Fantasy Football, except it's not just another episode. This is a podcast profile episode. And if you don't know what that is, maybe you've missed ones I've done in the past. Maybe you are new to Fusion FFB. But one of the main reasons I made Fusion FFB is to not just be a source of fantasy football content, but also to connect the consumers of that content to other good content. I don't want to just be about creating my own thing. I also want to promote other good content. And it seems like there's a lot of people out there who want good content. And there's a lot of people out there making content, but there seems to be a disconnect between the two. A lot of people don't know how to find the good stuff or discern what is good and what is not. And so this was my chance to share with people the things that I find mean the most to me, to matter the most, and that make the most sense and uh, are really the, the best processes and ideas. And a podcast profile is my opportunity to introduce you to another podcast, one that I myself usually enjoy as well. You get to know the hosts, get to know the people involved, get to learn what they're about, what's unique about them, what they bring to the table, and we just get to hang out and have some fun too. And the thing about a podcast profile is it's not going to go obsolete next week when new information comes out. These guys, most of them, have been doing these podcasts for a while and will continue to, and so it's what we call evergreen. That is, it's not seasonal. It's not going to fade. And if you like what you hear, then go ahead and share it with someone else. Share this very same episode. Like I said, it's not going to go out of style. Enjoy the podcast profile, and I hope that you enjoy their podcast as much as you enjoy mine. Hi, welcome. I am joined tonight by uh, two special gentlemen of the Super Flexology podcast. First, I have Mitch. Say hello, Mitch. Hey, how you doing, man? And John. Thanks for having us, Josh. Absolutely. Now, I normally try to come up with a big, fancy, long introduction for everyone to make them sound as as important as I possibly can. And today, I don't have a super long introduction. That is because that is because these are men of the people they are one of us they are regular guys who have uh made something of themselves and taken that leap of faith and made their own podcasts even though nobody knew who they were before that so that's almost more impressive so i think that's a pretty good introduction in and of itself what do you say I was going to say maybe we were just so crummy there was no way to spice us up enough but the the spin that you put on it that's a lot better all right, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Then. <laughs> so we were we were chatting before all this, trying to to figure out what we wanted to talk about. I was asking them, you know, what they're into, different things, because I want to get to know each of these guys. I want each of you listeners, all of you listeners, to get to know each of these guys uh, before we we get into the boring stuff about their podcast. Not boring, not boring, not boring at all. But 
I want to get to know them. So uh, Mitch over here, he, he's actually, he can be a little quiet sometimes. A little bit. So I got to, I got to make him talk. And I'm not sure this is going to apply to John, but it's a question I've been, I've been trying starting to ask some uh, of the guests because I think it's, it tells a lot. So I want to know, I want to know from Mitch, who is your favorite Game of Thrones character? Game of Thrones, all right. So it's going to be Stannis. Stannis, Stannis was like the most well-written character in the books. I actually think they actually carried it over into the show. But, I mean, because the show killed absolutely everybody in the last two seasons with the writing. So I'll go with Stannis. Stannis. That's hilarious because I had another guest answer Stannis for this next question. <laughs> Who is your least favorite character not necessarily the actor but the the character and we're talking the shows here of course character man that's tough because there's actually a lot of them that i hate but i'll probably go oh man probably reek just because his character arc was pretty good but that final scene when you know spoiler alert him rushing at the night king with the spear at the end it was you know why they wrote it in there? Because that's how they were going to have to finish that character arc. But it was horrible. <laughs> it was really bad. That's how it ended. But he had already come back and redeemed himself to a point. But you still still no, don't like it. You, you know, I'll take that back. I'll say it's Bran because Bran didn't make any sense at all throughout the whole show. But it's hard because when you read the books, like he actually makes a lot of sense with how it ended. But yeah. when you watch the show, it... It ruined so many characters. And Reek probably, it wasn't even his fault. It was Bran just sat there with his eyes open the whole time and had no idea what was going on. Right, right. Yeah. I don't want to be king. And then why do you think I'm here? (laughs) Exactly. Yep. (laughs) All right, John, do you have anything to add? You might as well be speaking a foreign language. I have no idea what you're saying. All I know is that people, a, a lot of people hated the finale, I think. And there was somebody in a wheelchair. That's all I really know from it. All right. Yeah, we were we were hating on the guy in the wheelchair just to, to fill okay. you in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite show then? Uh, it has to be The Office. Um, like we talked before you started recording here, I think I've gone through it about you know, 10, 11 times. And at this point, it's great background noise. So whatever I'm working on, whether it's fantasy football, whether it's something actually related to my my normal job, my, my day job. But, you know, it, it's something that whatever is playing, whatever episode is on, I don't even have to watch it at this point. And I, I, I know exactly what's going on. So I, w- I would say The Office. But again, uh, maybe... I enjoy Seinfeld. I really like I'm a big wrestling guy too. I, I I still I'm not ashamed to say I like WWE. I grew up a huge fan, and that's actually my my Twitter handle, the Bauer Club. It's a play on words with the wrestler Finn Balor, the Balor Club. So that is I yeah, I I'm gonna throw WWE up there as well. Probably my one oh three at this point. I would not have I would not have known that or gotten that reference. So I'm glad you filled this in. <laughs> I was just thinking I've known you for over a year and I had no idea that's where the Bauer Club came from. I swear that's come up in a group chat at one point, but you just don't pay attention to what I say. And that's all right at this point. So that was the first time you even heard? Oh, yeah. I had no idea. I don't even know who the person is that he was talking about. (laughs) There you go. Live history on the show. (laughs) 
So you mentioned it where you even will watch uh, The Office while you're maybe working on fantasy football stuff, whether it's podcast or research or your leagues is I know for me, I like to, there's some music kind of, I made a, I made a, uh, a playlist that I play through on like YouTube in the background when I'm working on my spreadsheets and stuff. What do you have, Mitch? Do you have anything you listen to or watch? What do you like? I do the same thing that you do, Josh. I have a YouTube mix. A lot of it right now is NF. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he's a rapper. He's kind of less known than Eminem, but he just had a new CD coming out and it's really good. So I've been listening to that almost every day. I'm going to jump in. I all, depending on the mood that I'm in or, you know, if my wife, if she's out shopping or, or whatever while I'm doing my research or if I'm at work doing my research, I probably shouldn't admit that, but that happens quite often. Um, I will listen to music and depending on the mood that I'm in, I will go all the way from, you know, Michael Buble all the way to hell, uh, Cardi B I'll throw in there. It's a very eclectic taste. Um, and it, you know, maybe, you know, I'm doing some really hardcore research and, you know, nothing but gangster rap is going to get me through it. You know, that if that's the case that day, that's what I do. It's I'll mix it up for sure. Okay. Very nice. Get some uh, modern stuff going on here with Cardi B and uh, NF. You said <laughs> NF. I have to check that out. I'm usually not much of a hip hop or rap guy. My uh, my playlist at the moment mostly mostly has a, a group named Polyphia, which is basically a bunch of guitars just shredding it for five minutes at a time. Uh, that's basically it. So kind of gets me going. Um, and lets me still focus on what I'm doing for the most part. I don't know how you would focus to rap. I don't know what his rap's like though, so that would that would depend. Is it very lyric uh, based or? Yeah, it is. It's and the beat's really good, so it just keeps you going. It's okay. better than that makes sense. I have a hard time listening to like really slow. Like my wife plays country half the time because you know we share. The basement bedroom, you know, she Ugh. has her salon in here and I record in here. And so she'll have country and it's, it's awful. It, I don't understand how someone can listen to it. I am also of the anti-country sentiment. I, you know, there's a few songs that are catchy, but I, I think maybe like real country fans might say well, that's not real country. Exactly. And that's where the songs that I'm a little more geared to, to. but yeah, country, I, ugh. Now, I, I would go to like a Kenny Chesney concert just because I do like to engage in a few beverages from time to time. But, I, you know, maybe tailgating, not actually going to the concert itself. If people ask me uh, what kind of music I ask, for the most part, I listen to just about everything. They're like, oh, so country. I'm like, no, you said music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we've uh, lost half our audience, uh, let's keep going. Once you guys are doing your fantasy football stuff, uh, leagues, obviously it's in your name. I'm not going to try and, and pull it over on people. It's the super flexology podcast. So I assume, I, I hope you like super flex leagues, but I did want to know what kind of, what kind of leagues you enjoy playing and beyond just for them being super flex, what kind of things, elements of a league do you like? Do you like deep leagues? Do you like redrafts? Do you like keepers? Mitch, what do you like for in a league? So in a league, like you said, it has to be super flex and the deeper, the better. The 12 team leagues are fun, 
But even then, quarterbacks really still aren't that scarce, even in a super flex league. But once you get to the 14 and 16 team leagues to where your running backs are already scarce and your wide receivers are just as scarce, and then you might have to go some weeks with only playing one quarterback, or if you have an injury, you're completely done at that point. And so that's, and the deeper the league is, the better off it is. And I'll always, I mean, we've said this over and over on the podcast, but I'm not a running back guy or a wide receiver guy. I want to get my quarterbacks because, so I've been doing dynasty for like two years now. And I made the mistake previously of not caring about quarterbacks in super, super flex leagues. And it's fine the first year. You're completely okay. And you could even go for the championship that first year. But after that, when your quarterback retires or your two quarterbacks are like Brady and Breeze right now, the acquisition cost is so high that I never want to have to pay those prices again. So I always make sure I have my quarterbacks at that point. And so that's why I like the deep leagues because it makes other people have to either go quarterback really strong or they'll be hurting and I'll be able to sell my quarterbacks for a huge amount in the future. You can take advantage of their mistake then. Exactly. Yeah. All right, John, what do you think? Mitch and I, so one issue that we have on our show and Josh, I'm sure you noticed whenever you you've listened, a lot of people said that Mitch and I agree too much and we don't have, you know, maybe necessarily the banter that some of these shows have, whether it's real or forced. Um, but I pretty much agree with what Mitch said that I, I, I want the, I like the 14 and 16 team leagues. It's got to be super flex. Now, one thing that we do disagree on, I'm not a huge fan of the leagues where it's, Super flex, so you have the one quarterback, the one super flex spot, and then just eight flex spots. And a lot of people, they like it because people should be able to build the roster the way they want. And again, this is something that Mitch and I disagree on. I think that limits the activity and the trading because I can I can completely fade running back. I can fade wide receiver, tight end. And if, if you're in a league where you have to start two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, you have to have balance. And I think that really promotes activity within the league and what i've seen the leagues that do have those set position requirements the minimum requirements those are the leagues that remain active because especially now we're in august people look at the roster and say oh crap i I have two wide receivers that are really viable options on a week-to-week basis but i gotta start three so guess what i'm gonna go make a move whereas in the eight flex spot league you don't have to do that um a few other things that i enjoy in a league I like the potential points to decide who gets the 101 the next year. I There are very few things that really set me off. One, when people don't like Damian Williams. Two, when people don't like Josh Allen. Three, when people say the best way to decide rookie draft order is a toilet bowl or consolation bracket, whatever they want to call it. The point of the the rookie draft is to increase parity and balance within a league. You know, if you are rewarding the teams that can win a toilet bowl, the worst team in the league is not going to win that one-on-one. And for me, and then, and then people say, well, you know, one and two is just as valuable. Go look at that Saquon Barkley draft class and tell me that because I, I loaded up in that class, but I didn't have one-on-one. And guess what? My team crapped the bed in that league the next year. And I thought, oh, I'm good. Um, you know, so those are the things that I really look for. Uh, again, I love the 14, 16 team leagues. I'll do 12 or 10. Hell, I'm in an eight team league just because I 
am a absolute degenerate, but um, yeah, those are the things that I enjoy in leagues. All right. Now, are you guys a, uh, when I say tight end premium, what does that mean to you? Now it only going- matters over 1.5. I think 1.5 points per catch doesn't do enough to help the position. But once you get up to 1.75 and 2.0, I think those leagues turn into a lot of fun because then all of a sudden tight ends matter. When tight ends don't matter, you know, in 80% of the leagues out there because their scoring's just flat outside of the big three. And to go off of that, I I think 1.5 can still make a difference. But once you get to that two range, 1.7 or two, and people make this argument, and I get it. They say it doesn't really make any difference for the tight end position itself because a Travis Kelsey, a Zach Ertz, a George Kittle, they're going to be that much more valuable than the tight ends below them. And that's true. But those lower tier tight ends now are going to be more viable flex options as opposed, as opposed to just the typical PPR across the board, you're not really looking to throw in, you know, a Kyle Rudolph as a flex option in a regular PPR league across the board. But now if he's getting two PPR and you're in a 14 or 16 team league, you better believe that he has a very good chance to be very valuable as a flex option. So I'm okay going down to 1.5 and saying that's premium, but like Mitch said, once you get to the 1.75 and 2, it makes a huge difference for the position. And those are uh, the Scott Fish safe leagues that Mitch and I, we're in a ton of them. They do the 2 PPR, and by 203, 204, all three of the big three tight ends were gone pretty much in every single draft. And rightfully so, it's 2 PPR. I've come around actually to the opinion of, um, and really, and this this is relevant because just like we discovered with quarterbacks, there wasn't anything you could do with a quarterback scoring to make more of them relevant no matter what you did. The only way we could make them more relevant was to add another slot. And so more and more, I've actually come around to two quarterback leagues, two tight end leads leagues, I should say, because when you have two tight ends now you can still keep it at a a premium like 1.5 you don't have to go crazy with it but you're creating the demand because of quantity limitations not uh raising their quality like you said so they're they can compete with some lower wide receivers now that is and that is of course a viable way of doing it as well and that's a fantastic point i'm actually a little upset with myself that i didn't bring it up i'm actually in a few leagues where it's too tight end and um mike lusheen uh, over NFL Rough Draft. He runs a really great series of leagues. It's the Weekend Warrior Leagues. And the most recent one that I entered, it's a 20-team league, Superflex, and you have to start two tight ends. So I went after Travis Kelsey very early, and then I got Austin Hooper and Vance McDonald. And you figure 40 tight ends are going to be started every week. I am so happy that I locked that position down. I actually turned down... Again, 20-team league, have to start two tight ends. And maybe this is a little crazy, but I turned down David Johnson for Chris Godwin plus Austin Hooper. Because in that format, if you're starting somebody that's not even going to get a a reception, you have a goose egg in a starting spot. And I didn't see the difference between the tight end points plus Chris, Chris Godwin being, you know, any far worse than a David Johnson. So when I rejected that trade, 
I actually sent it to Mitch and a few of our league mates, and I said, this might have been the dumbest thing I've ever done. Well, no, correction, I've done a lot of dumb things in my life. But it, one of the more uh, crazy things that I've done with fantasy and uh, just the, the the format. And one thing that I like about and sorry, Mitch, I kind of – Josh, as you know, on, on Superflexology, I could sit there and ramble for hours and, and not give Mitch a second talk. But, oh, we'll um, get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, and once you start getting into the premiums and those weird roster requirements, I feel like it gives you an advantage because a lot of people they go in and it's the twelve team typical one quarterback league and it's very chalky. And once you start adding in, you got to start two tight ends. It's one point seven five PPR, point uh, two five uh, point per carry, point for first down. That's when you kind of start getting an advantage, I think, over the more a casual player. So it's something that I like to do. I like to get into these leagues where it does make you think, and it really makes you change your strategy because in a typical league, I'm smash accepting David Johnson for Chris Godwin and Austin Hooper, not even thinking about it. But once you start getting away from that, that the chalk settings, you know, I, I think it really, it keeps things interesting. And that's what I like. Yeah. Having those positional demands, I think is really important. I've been in a lot of leagues and and everyone around Twitter, you know, fantasy Twitter is always talking about how you've got to have, you know, add a flex in there, add more flexes. And, you know, I, I understand where they're going with that, but I think it can go too far. I was actually in a league that was a little experimental. It was crazy kitchen sink scoring, but it wasn't just two super flexes and then a bunch of regular flexes. It was 11 slots of super flex. And it was really interesting. The smarter people went after quarterbacks right away. But, I mean, it was a 16-team league was the other problem. And so those who had quarterbacks had such a huge advantage. And then the other problem, the biggest problem with this league was there was almost no trading. Because it was just your projection against mine there was no other demand or need or or anything to you know propel you to need to make a trade happen because you could just put someone else in the only trades that ever happened was when people could figure out somehow that they just disagreed on projections and you could do a one-for-one one trade when when somebody thought somebody else was going to score more points that's the only time it ever happened and we've we've changed up that league in, in a couple different ways and we'll see if we can still make it happen but out of that league, I made another league that was the anti-flex league. <laughs> this is the don't get any flexes DGAF league. It's two quarterbacks, three running backs, four wide receivers, two tight ends, no flexes. I actually love it. I love yeah. it. And uh, it's been, we've had one year so far. It's a dynasty league and it, I'm really happy with it. It's It would be nice to have a flex sometimes and understand that just for the pure, maybe pure more casual enjoyment level, it's frustrating. It would be frustrating to people to not be able to just throw somebody in and have fun. And, and you're thinking, well, I have someone on my bench who's scoring a bunch of points. Why can't I get points out of him? Well, then trade him for the position you need. That's the point. Exactly. And Mitch knows, I mean, Mitch and I, we're in a few leagues with extremely active owners and we're constantly making trades and the leagues that we're in where it's basically all flex spots and Mitch can tell you, I'm pretty inactive in those leagues and I don't, I don't like to be that way. But again, you really don't, there's no need to trade right now. 
Yeah, you're right. There's so there's the was it Dynasty Degenerates that we're in? Is that the one? Yeah, Dynasty that was a time twister. Was Degenerates it? Yeah. Four. God, yeah, and so we're in four and six, and in six there's twelve starters, but there's two quarterbacks and ten flex, and there's just not a lot of movement in that league because there's no reason to like what you guys were saying. There's and John's starting to talk me into this whole having very little flex just because like he was saying there's no reason to make a trade you can look you'd be like oh my starting lineup's fine you know i have seven running backs and two quarterbacks and i'll put whatever in at that point and so i think the only way to do it is you really have to look at the scoring if you're going to have a lot of flex and if you have one position say running backs that are getting a benefit of first downs or whatever and it's messing up that scoring a little bit then everyone's just going to hold flat there instead of trying to, you know, have a balanced roster. In DD6, I think you have like seven of the top 30 dynasty running backs right now. Like it, it's absurd. And, and you attacked it the right way. And Josh, it's kind of like um, I think we're doing it's like 0.25 uh, PPC maybe. There's something that gives it a big running back advantage. And that, you know, it's an issue when you can't remember the scoring in your leagues. Hell, I didn't even remember there was two quarterback until you just said that. I thought it was super flex. So I'll make sure to keep that in mind next time. That's good. That's good. That's good. You guys share a team in that one, no? No, that one we have separate ones. In DD4, we 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 share a team. And that's the one we're in together. So now we've we've got a pretty good sense. We we've got to hear your you thinking through trades. Now we've got to see what you think about leagues. So uh, and of course superflex. So I, I want to hear now a little bit more about how you guys actually got into doing fantasy football, and then um, how how you came about starting a podcast. So you know maybe Mitch, tell me how you you started just getting into fantasy football. So I started playing fantasy all the way back in junior high. I remember doing it back in the seventh grade in computer class. And it just slowly built up from there. You know, uh, 10 years ago, I was just doing the yearly redrafts. And then DraftKings came around. And I still love DFS. DFS is probably still my favorite form of fantasy to play. But the highs and lows in that are so high and they're so low. I mean, minute by minute. And so a couple of years ago, I decided to start to just go into Dynasty a little bit more just for something to do in the off time. And then I still play a lot of DFS. And now I'm up to like 20, what is it, 25 Dynasty teams? Way too many. But really, when you look into the how much time I put into DFS... Submitting lineups really isn't a big deal at all. And John, how did you you get into fantasy football? Uh, it's pretty similar. Probably about 20 years ago or so, my uncle, he had a typical redraft league with his friends. I think it was on Yahoo. And he he asked me if I wanted to join. Of course, I said yes. And, you know, I was watching the football games every every, every week with my dad anyway. And I the draft was like a Wednesday night at like 9 o'clock. And my mother did not let me stay awake for it. I was very upset by that. But the next morning, I woke up to see my auto-drafted team. And being from Pittsburgh, we I, I got Jerome Bettis. And I remember he was on my first team. I was, I was thrilled. Oh, I got the bus. And actually, 
I ended up winning that first year. So I was, you know, 11, 12 years old at the time. And instantly I'm like, oh my goodness, I am a fantasy football god. I would go into school, tell my friends like, oh yeah, I won this league. And my trading habits actually, uh, my uncle got a lot of calls from his friends. They weren't exactly thrilled because I would blast them with offers and they were garbage offers. And actually the one year I remember, I, I had to be a little bit older here, but Ed McCaffrey for the Broncos, he was playing on Monday night. He broke his leg mid game. I went on and I offered him in a trade to everybody in that league after he broke his leg. Nobody accepted. Okay. Nobody accepted, but I knew from a young age that I loved to trade and maybe not exactly ethical back then in terms of trading somebody that just broke his leg. But um, yeah, that, you know, it, it, but like Mitch, I, I love the daily, the daily fantasy. I love DraftKings, FanDuel. Um, I'm going to be the first to admit for daily fantasy. I'm awful. It, I might as well just write them a check every year and write it off as a, a uh, write off. But um, yeah, and now I'm up to, jeez oh, 42 dynasty leagues and last off season coming into this off season i was at 11 so that tells you kind of how <laughs> crazy i went with leagues and i couldn't say no you know like i said i mentioned mike lusheen earlier he asked me to join a league i kept saying yes uh frank scanduro he asked me to join leagues i said yes uh mitch you, you even were a bad influence at times i i said yes and um i still do the the two redraft leagues the home leagues but those dynasty leagues and um, yeah, that, that's kind of the story. Kind of boring, but um, I learned not to offer people trades that, that included players with broken legs. Yeah, that's that's a good thing to learn early. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I understand through one of these leagues is how how you guys met. So who I think John, you you're going to tell me how that came about. Yeah, so we met up in it was last. July. And I remember it because I was actually on my way to a, a family vacation with my wife's family. And she was, she had the, the app open for me. And I would say, you know, like how, how many, how many picks until I'm up? And she would just keep checking. And then whenever I was in the clock, if we were still driving, I would have her go through and read me off the top 20 names in that list. And, you know, so it, it, it went well, you know, as well as it could. But yeah, Mitch and I, we met, it was an RTTC league, uh, Rise of the Challenge. And right away, we kind of saw that it was a very active league, but we were the two that made the most trades. And we got a lot of trades done with each other, actually, like a lot. And I think it's because our values really lined up and we kind of had similar philosophies and and valued players similar, similarly. So it kind of made things easy for trades. But then we started messaging on the side and, you know, we would discuss trade offers from other leagues. And and we had, a, you know, a group chat with a few other guys that would just be uh, trade offer discussions or start sit questions. And probably, Mitch, when was this? Maybe January, February, we said, oh, we should do a podcast. And well, that's when my best ideas happen. And, I, you know, I, I said, oh, absolutely. You know, I'm going to set up a Skype call, blah, blah, blah. And once the next day came and I had the, you know, the, the hangover kicked in, I was like, oh, we can't do a podcast. You know, like you mentioned earlier, Josh, we don't we don't have that 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 name brand. We're just random guys that that met in a league. It's not it's not going to pan out. And finally, right before Easter, we decided, you know what? Screw it. We're going to do it. And right before Easter, we finally pulled the trigger and it was a Friday. It was, I think it was a Friday night 
and we recorded like two hours worth of stuff and it just kind of ended. We didn't do a sign off. We didn't even do an intro. It was absolutely atrocious. And I, and I forget the, the app that I used to record it, but it was, oh my goodness, was it bad? And I told Mitch, Hey, I think this is good to put out there. And Mitch messages me right away and says, dude, we cannot put this out there. It's so we did it. So believe it or not, the first two episodes that we recorded, they we did it all in one night. They were not the first run through those episodes, and they were still rubbish. And we put it out there to league mates. We put it on Twitter, and we said, give us brutally honest feedback. And people were fantastic. They really were. They would say, you know, John, you said I'm too much. or And I didn't edit this at all, which I learned right away. You got to edit the stuff because it, sometimes there are things that need cut out. But there was a lot of great feedback and I mean, people said we weren't funny enough and I wanted to respond. Well, we're not a comedy show. You know, we're here to provide content. But I think we loosened up as the, the show's gone on. We've done 18 episodes, so we're still really new. And there's people that have been doing this for years and we know we have a lot to improve on still. But to see, and Mitch, I think you agree, to see how far we've come since the end of April, I'm very happy with what, what we've put out so far. Yeah, I'm super happy with it. I mean, I started back, you know, I'm not as active as John is on Twitter, of course, because no one really is. But I had 50 followers back back in Easter. You know, I'm not that much higher now, but, you know, that's how low we started. I mean, no one really knew who we were. And we just went out there. And, and the honest thing I'll tell everybody is podcasting is a lot of fun. It's a lot more fun for me than it's for John because I don't have to edit anything. I get to just talk and then he takes care of it for however long it is. But podcasting is, it's a lot of fun and I re recommend it to everybody. And it, it, I, I like this because we had somebody reach out to us, a, a league mate. Um, he's active on Twitter, Ray Garvin. He's now with um, uh, DLF, great guy. We're going to have him on during the off season, but he reached out to us. And again, he's a guy that we have a group chat with always bouncing ideas off of each other. And he does the destination Debbie podcast. And he said that we, you know, kind of inspired him to do his own podcast because he was thinking about it. And then we started when he's like, you know, uh, that's kind of what really pushed me along. And I said, Ray, I'm either going to take this as a great compliment or you think, hell, these two guys can do it. If these idiots can do it, anybody can. But again, I took it more as a compliment. But, um, you know, I always joke that Best Buy will sell anybody a microphone. And, you know, it, like Mitch said, we're having an absolute blast just interacting with all the different. I mean, we had Liz Loza on the show. And if you would have told me, I mean, if you would have told me two months ago, that we were going to interact with Liz Lowe's, I would say you were absolutely insane. And just the way that people, they're, you know, the big dogs in the industry. We also just had JJ Zacharyson on the show. So I, it's going to be, um, you know, the way that these people interact with the people like me and Mitch, we literally are nobodies, but we are absolutely loving the ride so far. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, that is, that is, I literally, this podcast is only a little over a year itself fusion fantasy football and it's the same thing i started going and i just started asking random people on and i haven't had maybe quite as big names as those because that's that's pretty cool i agree mitch it's a lot of fun just just doing it and you learn so much you learn so many different things you meet so many really cool people so um 
I've I've heard some people out there on on Twitter say things like, "Hey, unpopular opinion, I'm going to say it, but there's too many podcasts out there, fantasy podcasts." Oh, I saw that. I saw it too. Yeah, you're right, but you know what? Everybody can have their own podcast. Go for it because if it's bad, then I guess people won't listen. But I and honestly, not a ton of people listen to this podcast. Maybe that means it's bad. Maybe I'm just terrible at marketing. Probably both. But I enjoy it. So I don't care. And that's what it's all about, too. It, like, if you're not enjoying it, what, what are you doing it for? I, I can tell you right now, I'm not doing this to quit my day job and say, oh, I'm going to work for Yahoo or ESPN or whatever. I do this because I, believe it or not, Mitch, I enjoy your company on a weekly basis. And I, you know, it's just fun. And just meeting people and talking to people about fantasy football, if you're doing it for any other reason, you know, especially just starting out, you're doing it for the wrong reasons, in my opinion. With that is there's going to be whoever's listening to this, they never heard of you. What's a podcast, one of your episodes maybe that you want to direct people to that maybe is the best podcast, maybe not necessarily the best quality, but maybe the most representative that they'd really They'd really, from listening to that, get a sense of what you guys are about. Oh, boy. Um, I, I would say the most recent one. So we we just did one. Give me one sec. I don't even know the name of it anymore. I meant to have this on the list. I added it as we were going. No, you're, no, you're fine. Yeah, so, so I would say the most recent one, um, uh, Camp Stories. You know, it was just uh, talking about different things happening in training camp. And we had uh, a Steve Tarani over from the Full-Time Fantasy Network, and he does the Hot Take podcast. And I think, again, we're growing with each episode that we do and getting more and more comfortable. And we've been having a ton of guests on. And it just, yeah, I, I would say the most recent one, Camp Stories. Go check it out if you haven't already. It's available on most platforms. You guys did recently join. You mentioned it full time fantasy uh, network. I know a lot of podcasts out there. I listen to also join in this thing. So they they have a feed that you can check out and and you can get everyone on there. So anything you wanted to say about that, give you a chance. Uh, th- there's a ton of great shows. You know, we we got to meet Jim Day, and I saw. We at but Mitch and I we took part on the Scott Fishbowl Potathon. We were on the three a.m. time slot, and by that point, hell, I was a few drinks in at that point. But we had a blast on there. But Jim Day, he was on earlier in the show, and just the way that I saw people interacting with him in the chat, and I see the way he interacts with people on Twitter. It was somebody I thought that you know we should get to know, and we wanted to work with him. And we had a nice conference call with him, and you know the fact that they brought us on board. There's a ton of great shows on that network. Next week or two weeks, maybe we're going to have uh, Bob Long, the uh, consistency guide guru. He's going to be on the show, but he's on the network. And there's just, a, uh, like I said, Steve Tarani, a ton of great people on there that, that interact with everybody on Twitter. And it's, I, I think it's just uh, you know, helping to build camaraderie within the fantasy community. It's a great network. Like you said, Josh, fulltimefantasy.com. All the, the network shows are on there. Go check it out. So we've already heard how John, I take it you're the editor. Yeah, I, regretfully, yes. <laughs> or <laughs> begrudgingly, I guess would be a better word, but yes. Um, 
So in your podcast, when, when, when listeners are, you know, pulled up, pulled up and they hear your voices, what's the usual format of your, your podcast like? What, what could they expect? You know, who's, who's doing what, who brings what to the table? So as you could probably tell from the way this has gone, I do a lot of the talking. Yeah. John, uh, John know, spoke up first. Yeah. I, I, every episode I have to go with two big glasses of water because I get so parched so quickly, but I, um, I, I would say maybe I'm more of the, the host and I rely on Mitch. Um, he makes it very easy for me because I know he's going to do his research on whatever topic we discuss. And he just, he adds a lot of the insight. Whereas I'm kind of, like I said, leading as the host and asking the questions, driving the conversation and really including our guests. And when we have guests on, I said this when we had Lauren Carpenter on, it's their show. And kind of, Josh, just like you're doing with us, you're opening up to us, kind of like, you know, opening up the door to your home. You know, I'll make sure I take my shoes off first. But, you know, we want to make sure – and it's something I try to do. I include the guest really into the, the show and make them feel like they're the third host. And just like we said we're growing, the first time we had a third a guest come on, it was the three of us. I did it. I'll be honest. I did an absolutely terrible job of really incorporating – both people into the show because it was the first time we had three people. And when I listened back and I edited, I'm like, man, like I, I either cut Mitch off constantly or directed the questions more towards the other, you know, the guest. And I think we've really grown since then, especially, especially, you know, when we have a third person on and again, I drive the conversation, I play the, the role of host, but Mitch just provides fantastic insight and, and not just, he's not just sitting there reading numbers, you know, and, you know, Mitch, I'll let you chime in here too, but uh, I'm beyond appreciative. And I I always tell Mitch that if he weren't working with me on this project, I wouldn't be doing it. So I think we kind of lucked out because as we've shown through this whole thing is John's able to talk a lot and articulate his thoughts, you know, very well. And that's something that I've honestly had a hard time with, but luckily enough, John brought up when uh, the first time that we had three people on when we brought on a guest and we had Frank Scandaroo on. It's, he used to be Hot Takes Frank or something like that on Twitter, but now he's changed it to at DHH Frank. And he was nice enough to sit down with me afterwards and just give me, you know, pointers on how to interject in these pods and how to convey what I'm thinking when someone else, you know, is saying the exact opposite, not worrying about what people think out there. So him coming on and helping us with that was, I think it was absolutely huge for us. But one thing that John and I both really want to do is bring actionable advice to the podcast. Um, I don't want to have a podcast that's just news and then there's nothing really to go off of. That's why we always try to have a closing take on sometimes it's trade, sometimes it's free free agent acquisitions. It's we just want to make sure that if someone's taking the time to listen to it, we're giving him the proper numbers, the proper our feelings that we actually believe. Because if anybody sends me a trade after listening to the podcast and it's something that I said, I'll accept it every single time, even if you know the next day I don't feel the same way. But I just want to make sure that people believe, know that we believe what we say and that we're giving them advice that they could actually use in their leagues. 
Yeah, that's a that's a big thing I know for me. I try to always make sure, and, and I catch myself sometimes, but you know, I always want to, and you said it that way, but I say another way. I say I always want to be doing what I'm saying and, and, and not yeah, just saying it. it and then doing it because actually that's where a lot of my best takes come from is in the course of just playing fantasy football, I figure out where my opinions are on someone because of a trade offer or something, and I realize, you know what? I like this guy better. And then and then I'm able to bring it to people and say, I was thinking about this and maybe there's an opportunity here and, and things like that. So uh, that's that's great. I don't have a co-host, obviously. It's just me. So I get a little envious when I get two guys on and you have a good time. I try to get guests on to, to, to fill that void a little bit. But um, I, I am neither the, the most insightful or the best talker and so it's nice when i have somebody on to to jump in as well um with that i do have because if there's one thing i can do i I may not talk great i i may not be the smartest guy in the room but as i as i think it's it's kind of become my new catch saying for the the website or whatever i'm not a genius i just pay attention and i listen to a lot of podcasts obviously that's the thing i do here so uh, if there's one thing I'm good at, it's listening to podcasts. I wanted to say a few things about your podcast that I've been hearing. This is the fun part where I get to say stuff about oh, you guys. Do I have to put on boxing gloves for this? Uh, hopefully <laughs> not. Actually, some some of these things are just questions too. Now, you guys are fairly new podcasts. I love to get new podcasts in because I feel like what what this episode can do and and the people who will hear it will help you the most, right? I don't need to do a podcast profile for the late round podcast. Everyone knows who it is. If you don't, you should. But at the same time, if I bring somebody in who's only got like four or five episodes under their belt, they're still just learning who they are and what they are. So you guys, what did you say? You're at 14 or so now, and you really hit your stride round around probably six or seven, it felt like. I've been listening to you guys very early on. Mitch, I remember you were saying on Twitter you only had like 50 uh, followers or something, and I remember we had some interactions, and and I didn't even realize that I wasn't following you, and I felt so bad about it. Um, But I got you shared out on some of those, you know, best follows under under 100 followers or something like that. So I feel like I made up for it. But what are the some of the things you're going to be planning on doing? You've only been in the off-season. So you've hit your stride, but you've only hit your in-season off-stride. And it's a completely different game. I hit the same thing last season. Uh, like I said, this podcast a little over a year old. I started in May-ish of last year. And when it gets in the season, all of a sudden... The games are coming every week, like it or not, on schedule, whether you're ready or not. I'm not trying to scare you. What I'm trying to ask is, I want you to to know what you have planned. And if you don't have anything planned, I want you to consider it because there's a lot. You said at the beginning you wanted to be a, uh, you wanted to find your niche and super flex with something you liked. So you went with that. And I think that's, that's genius. That's great. But I I know of a lot of other 
podcasts that are also either Superflex or DFS or and so on. I mean, the DF ones, DFS ones are pretty obvious about this, so we'll set that aside. But when it comes to unique formats or approaches or anything like that, well, with a lot of podcasts, it feels like once we get into the season, they lose that. And you just become another sit-start. You just become, you know, you, you stop giving your takes as they specifically apply to your area. And so what do you have planned for the people coming? Um, and if you don't, hey, that's fine. Hopefully I can help. And maybe this is a terrible plan. It won't help. But what do you have planned in season for people that is specific to Superflex? No, Josh, that's a, I mean, that's a fantastic question. Mitch and I, we, we've talked about this a lot. So one thing that we are doing, and you kind of just brought this up, um, we are going to roll out a second episode every week that is a really quick 20, 30-minute start-sit uh, questions that, that listeners are throwing at us. We are going to have two other guys joining us as hosts just for that show. It hasn't been fully approved by the network up to this point, so I don't want to throw those names out yet. Um, but two guys that we've interacted with a lot, two, two guys that I think in, in their own ways they bring a lot to the table. But in terms of just the super flexology show, and you know, we do have a very niche market. I think there's there are a few podcasts in the Superflex space already, and they kind of pave the way. You know, nobody else really spends a lot of time on Superflex, but there are a few that really do a great job. And we're like, I've, I made this comparison. We're like that little cousin at a family picnic where, you know, one of the parents says, hey, let your little cousin come play with you. you know, that's where we are at this point in, in our podcasting lives. But one of the big things that, we don't like, like Mitch said, and there's nothing wrong with this, but we don't want to be a news and story type podcast. And there is a place for that. There absolutely is, but that's just something we don't want to do. So one of the big things, and we brought this up on several shows, we focus on dynasty a lot. But like you said, Josh, with these these during the season, games are coming at you fast. We want to focus on the short term implications that have a dynasty impact and whether or not they should as fantasy players, as dynasty players, you might hear a piece of news and it does impact at least the perceived value of a player. So that's kind of what we want to spend a lot of time on, you know, looking at what happened the previous week, how it's going to impact the short term value. But again, that still has a long term dynasty impact. You know, we talked about Tyler Boyd recently and AJ Green possibly being out for up to four weeks. If you don't think people look at that, even though it's a short term thing and think this is going to impact Tyler Boyd's dynasty value, whether real or perceived, that's up for d debate, but it does make an impact. So that's one thing we really want to focus on. So that's going to be our, our typical weekly episode. And then we're also going to have the, the start sit episode 20 to 30 minutes is the goal. But like you've seen Josh and Mitch knows very well, I'm a very tough person to, to get to shut up. So so one thing, like for instance, so when we get in the season, we're going to have, like John was saying, that sit and start episode with some DFS in it. And then we're going to have the normal super flexology. And just say hypothetically, Kyler Murray, his first three weeks are super hard. Like they have the Lions and they have Baltimore and I can't remember the other team off the top of my head. So he could actually come out and have, because they're teams that play slow or they have really good defensive lines. 
And he can come out and just not play well the first three weeks. And a lot of it will also just be talking people off the edge in Dynasty. Be like, okay, hold on. Just because, you know, Twitter's saying this guy's horrible. Look at, you know, John's favorite guy, Josh Allen, last year. He was being killed the first six weeks, and rightfully so. And the last, I'm sure John knows this off the top of the head, the last six weeks of the season, I think he was the quarterback one. And it's, I think a lot of our main Superflexology show is just going to be based on how we view what's actually going on in the dynasty, in a dynasty perspective, and not making rash judgments like, you know, it's a DFS every week and, oh, Kyler Murray sucks and he's 4,800, so we're not going to play him anymore. Just like Mitch talked about and kind of the, the short-term implications when it relates to the long-term dynasty game, when Odell Beckham Jr. was moved to Cleveland, he was going in startups at that time, and we did startups all throughout the offseason. He was going right around 103, 104, and that was super flex. And I just saw him go 17th overall. Somebody tweeted something out. They had a picture. 17th overall. And that just kind of shows you nothing has really changed since then. He's still Odell Beckham. They still have Baker Mayfield. There's a lot of hype around that offense. But he went from being a third overall pick when he got moved to going all the way back to 17th overall. And that is going to be magnified a thousand times over when the season hits and a player has one bad game. That market, it can shift so quickly. And I forget who it was. And Mitch, you might know this. Somebody tweeted once a week last season and it was like Mitchell Trubisky or so-and-so in Dynasty and it flipped and flopped every single week and uh, who, do you know who it was Mitch? It was Evan Silva. Yes there you go there you go and it's just funny because the outcome of one game changes a Dynasty asset so quickly and while you know during the season, the redraft pods and the daily, the DFS pods, they really hit their full stride there. There's still a lot of dynasty implications, and that's something we want to focus on. And especially with Superflex, where we're talking up quarterbacks more than probably other pods are, that's something that we, you know, we're going to hit on a lot. Yeah, for most leagues, I mean, for most podcasts that are speaking to a wider demographic, they're talking to one quarterback leagues. And so when they're talking about sit starts when they get past the first 12 or so they're really talking about what they call streamers and they're saying well this guy would be a good streamer this guy would be a good streamer but for a super flex you know podcast you almost have to be ranking the 13 through 24 guys you can't just say oh this guy would be good this guy you have to say well which one would be better than the other one you can't just leave it at uh, here's a bunch of names. See if they're on your waiver. No, you need to to say these are the guys. And at the same time, you could say in a super flex league, you're starting who you've got, and so you, there's not much decision going on there. Um, I mean, hopefully they have three starters if they built it right. But right. Uh, yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna have to. Hopefully, we can get people can get you feedback, your listeners, and see see what uh really is the most useful to them in season. And that that I wanted to communicate that to you because it's something that I had not seen, like even the other Superflex leagues, people I'm, I'm friends with that I love that still did not focus on the, the, the quarterback, at least part of the Superflex. Super 
as much as I maybe hoped, and probably because there's just not a lot to pull out there. So it's going to take maybe a little extra effort to to pull something out of it for people. Well, and especially especially with the start sit episodes, we're probably going to get a lot of questions in deeper super flex leagues. Am I starting Ryan Fitzpatrick this week in the super flex spot, or am I going to start possibly what would be my running back for? And those are questions that you're not getting in standard leagues. You're not getting when you watch, you know, uh, fantasy football now on on ESPN. The questions that are rolling in, they're not those types of questions. It's this running back or this running back, this wide receiver or this wide receiver. And you don't really see the the quarterback versus the other positions you know, necessarily. So if you're listening to this right now and you have a super flex league, you are in a super flex league. And trust me, it is getting more and more popular. So I'm betting a lot of you, if you're listening to this podcast, I know you're in at least one. So look... Your questions about sit starts for even your third quarterback are going to be gold to these guys. So give them a listen and and go ahead and ask them because that is, like I said, it's going to be gold to you guys, I'm sure, to have that material to work with. Absolutely. And I should have brought this up and I've been thinking about this whenever we kind of start talked about how the podcast kicked off. It was so hard coming up with even a name to the podcast Mitch, we churn through what six to eight different names, and oh, then at least. and Mitch listens to a ton of podcasts, and he'd be like, eh, "That's good, but it's kind of similar to this." And with how many podcasts there are, and how much content there is, it's so easy for a brand new pod like us to get lost in the shuffle. It's so easy. So we we thought it would be a good idea to go after more of that niche market. Again, there are there are podcasts, there are guys that are doing it already. And they paved the way for people like us. So very appreciative because they kind of created that market. But we're, you know, we wanted to jump into a space that we're familiar with and something more than just a general fantasy football show. Because I like to think I have a great personality and Mitch, you as well. But there, if, if you look at us, there's nothing that really stands out, you know, and it's it would be very easy to get lost in that shuffle. So, again, that's kind of why we wanted to steer more towards the super flex focus. But while we are super flexology, we do talk about every position. We focus on a lot more than just quarterbacks. So while it is going to benefit you if you're in super flex leagues, we're still hitting on running backs, wide receivers, tight ends and different strategies that are going to help you throughout every single league you're in. Anything to add, Mitch? John covered it all. <laughs> See, this is the other critique I got. So I'm right, I was waiting for this critique. It was going to happen. No, look, look, no, it, it's the way it should be that a host has to lead. So I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kill you guys for that because I know that's the way it happens. What, what actually I want to get you on is something specific to your role, Mitch, in this podcast, which is to bring like the whoa stats which I hear you dropping sometimes. It's always funny because it seems like every episode you'll be doing this and you've got like three different things that you're going to be talking about. And your best one, the one that is always the most, you know, just mind-blowing, it's always like the second one or something. And it's always so anticlimactic. I think, John, I think you actually pointed this out in a podcast to him saying, what are you doing? Why didn't you save that? <laughs> so you no. need to do a little bit more uh, planning and, and really go out with a bang there, Mitch. Come on. No, I appreciate it. It's something 
dude, I listen back to our podcast three or four times and I always find they, when you listen to yourself back, you don't realize how, how much you say the same words over and over in normal conversation. I say, you know, prob, I mean, if we have a 45 minute podcast, I'm saying it 45 minutes. And John's talking for most of that. And I'm still saying it that many times. It's something that, you know, we're, I'm going to constantly try to be better at it. And I really appreciate any feedback I get. I'm going to take it to heart and try to improve. Because um, don't know if you noticed, but I talk fast in the first place. So I'll start talking really fast and just start going with the stats or whatever. And I will completely forget what I'm talking about. And I'll be like, oh. Where was I going with that? I would have no clue. And John's like, well, no, this is what you were saying. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, you just just need to vet your your uh, order and your your outline a little a little bit more to just you know hit that climax a little better. That's all. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it, dude. I really do. Because then the the bad side is that then you still have one more to share, and and then and then you kind of like, what well, what was that really good one? Now you don't remember it. So that that's actually the reason why, not just for effect. Um, I didn't have a whole lot more, much else for you guys. You guys are still, uh, even though you are new, I will compliment you. When you guys listen, you're going to listen to this podcast. Uh, and if you pick it right up with, you know, 14 or whatever, if I didn't tell you that it was brand new, you probably wouldn't, you probably wouldn't know. So you guys have come a long way in a short time. I want to compliment you guys on that on um just the quality thank you. thank you um i recently this week kind of went after somebody i'm i'm small fish so it didn't get it didn't get any response but i went after evan silver who you brought up who i'm a little bit worried about their new venture their new their new thing because um apparently evan silver can still not an afford a decent microphone or recording setup and guys like you who are just starting still put some of these guys to shame. So, you know, congratulations, whatever it took to, to make it happen. You're sounding good. Keep it up. That's all I wanted to say about that. Thank you. We, we, yeah, we appreciate that. Thank you. We try to silence our phones. I, that's, I think it's kind of the bare minimum to do at least vibrate. I mean, come on. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, one more thing, I did want to make sure people knew with your your move to full time fantasy, uh, their RSS feed with your podcast platform, whoever you use to listen, you should go in and if you thought you were following these guys already, Super Flexology, you should go back and double check you are again. I made that mistake. I missed their their newest two this past you know week and a half, and I knew I was having them on. I wanted to go back and listen to podcasts of theirs I'd already even listened to and just get kind of get back into their the mind and the flow of of these guys and I realized wait where is it it's not here <laughs> I'm scrolling down and like where did it go I had to do a new search for it and then I added it and realized it was not on my playlist any longer and that's when I realized it must have been because of this so if you if you had already thought you added make sure you uh you redo that so you don't miss any of it. Yeah, we had a league mate, and he's actually in our listener league. So he listens to the show on a regular basis. And he said, it was like two weeks, and he's like, oh, did you guys not 
put out any new content and we, we provided him the new feed and, and there he, there it was. So yeah, a lot of people having that issue, uh, but moving to the, the full-time fantasy network, we wanted to have that new feed. And then people, you might notice we are the super flexology fantasy football show on, on the feed now, as opposed to just super flexology. All right, guys, uh, any other comments or anything you wanted to add before we close this out? Unfortunately, we do have to call it a night eventually. Um, Plus, I think we've got some trade negotiations to go over, so we've needed to save a little time for that. I just want to say thanks for the opportunity. Believe it or not, it's the first time I've ever, you know, been a guest on someone else's podcast. So this means, you know, what time to us. You and... you, you were on the podathon. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but that was three o'clock in the morning. I barely remember what happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, like Mitch said, uh, really, thank you for having us on. We again, we're we're a young podcast. Give us a chance. We we pride ourselves on the content we're, we're providing and the, the actionable items. It's not just you know news and notes. It's not just a, a recap of a game or whatever the situation is. We're trying to to leave listeners with, oh, I I didn't think about that or wow that was that was a stat I've never seen or you know anything like that. We want you to be able to leave our show and think, okay, I have a plan of attack in my dynasty super flex league. This is what I'm going to do. Because of something John and Mitch brought up, and that's what we want to do. We want to we want to help people the way that people have helped us, whether it's in leagues or or helping us with the podcast. Right, you can find these guys uh, on Twitter. Both of them, John is on Twitter at the Bauer Club. That's B A U E R Bauer, the Bauer Club, and Mitch is at Dino M C, and of course that's D Y N O for Dynasty at Dino M C. The podcast is at Superflexology, just the way it sounds. And for for the record, I think it's a fantastic name. So it's a good thing that you took the time, and I'm glad you landed on that one. It's it's it says a lot. Thank you. That's it. As soon as this is over, you're already listening to this podcast in a podcast app. I don't need to tell you how and where to go find it. All you need to do is tap on search and type in Superflexology, and you should be able to find it. Thanks for joining me, guys. Have a good night. Just want to say thank you again. We appreciate the chance to come on. Yeah, Josh, thanks for having us. We appreciate it. I'll see you next time. Oh, my God. I, I actually just lost my train of thought. Anyway, yeah, I, I actually completely forgot what I was going to say. So there you go, man. you come up with it, I can edit it. Ah, shit. Um... What were we talking about? Austin Hooper, tight ends. Trade. Trade. You sent it out to other people. Two tight end leagues. Yeah. You were just going, dude. Tight end premium. I, I, I just... <laughs> uh, David Johnson, dumb things trade john oh my god i'm pissed off now that i can't think of what this was um hold on just give me a second here um <laughs> That's great. i was going somewhere with it i swear and then i i i uh 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 i honestly can't think i, I don't know what i was gonna say uh, it was a crazy kitchen sink scoring, so it was a little bit. Wait, of wait, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I, I just remember what I was going to say. I'm so sorry. I am, and and once you start getting, in the, yes, this is it. Okay, better be worth it. 
Oh, it's gonna be great. 